and welcome to Stationary Jason to a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host Stu Lennon. Hey Stu, how are you today? I'm in very good form. Thank you, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're going to talk about music this week, which I'm really excited to talk about, as you can see from the extensive show notes and homework that I assigned Stu. Lots of listening for him. Mm. However, we're going to start off with our usual section. What's your tool of the week, Stu? Uh, well, for me this week, it is the Kindle. I, I was going to say the humble Kindle, but I have just a simple paper white one. And it's just incredible to have all of those books available in such a tiny little package. I've been making a conscious effort to read more and it's, it's just makes it so easy to do. So yeah, the Kindle, if you, if you don't have a Kindle, give one a try. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's your tool of the week? Yeah. Well, I was just actually thinking about your Kindle mm -hmm. and I was reading a newsletter this morning from Austin Kleon. Okay. He recommended a book of the month, Tove Jansen's The Summer Book. It's about a girl and her grandmother who live on an island after the girl's mother dies and uh, sort of their process of uh, grieving and getting to know each other and all that. Getting away from it all seems to be a theme of mine at the moment. Mm -hmm. And like anything, and I hadn't actually seen your show notes for this when I had done that, I just went and loaded it up on my Kindle, $5, instant one-click purchase, it's there. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Wonderful, wonderful invention. I do prefer hardcover books, but for something like that, that's an ephemeral one read type of book, it's perfect on the Kindle. Sure. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both. My choice of the week, I got something new in the mail. It's a Lockby Field Journal okay. in blue. Blue, the new color. So a little while ago, I bought the Quattro. And that got me on their mailing list. Really love the Quattro. It's a little four pen carry case that we've talked about before. I decided that I'm on their mailing list. Their new blue colors came out. The field journal came out. I thought, perfect, let's buy it. One thing I never thought about, field journal. What does that say to me? Field notes, field size. No, it's actually A5. I did not realize that when I bought it. So I now have this really, really big field journal which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it comes with Tomoe River refills. I noticed that they're just about sold out of those now, but wow, I really love this. I've uh, got sort of a concept for what this is going to be. This is going to be a changing of my life. I hate to say my, my version of Walden, but you know, trying to reflect on changes between where I live now and Hopefully what's going to happen when I move. So I'm, I've got a particular use for it. I'm going to really enjoy this one. I think, uh, hopefully I'll get some time to sit and, uh, take in, uh, sights and sounds of somewhere that's not quite as much in the city as I am now and, uh, see what comes out of that writing wise. Hmm. What a terrific idea. I'm about to write that down. Actually, I like that. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, obviously for Tomoe, uh, if you're a, if you're a big Tomoe fan, it's probably worth uh, seeking out some refills and stocking up because the, the machine has been switched off. Mm -hmm. There, there is no more Tomoe. Yeah. It is alleged. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, I got a lot of people excited. I really don't mind having dry time on paper, so it's not the end of the world for me, but you know, Hey, if you're a big Tomoe river person, then go for it. 
One of the things, speaking of Tomoe River and inks and pens, uh, Stu and I had a conversation on a different podcast uh, the other week, and I realized that I'm a little stuck in what I do for my fountain pens. I have my regulars that live on my desk, and I love those. They're always refilled by the same ink. I know what I like. They're great. They're the best writers that I have. And every time they get empty, I refill them and away we go. Usually they are accompanied by whatever the latest gadget that I have bought is. Ooh, fancy. That tends to get inked. When it runs out, it gets cleaned. It goes into a pen case. And my old originals stay on my desk and get used every week. So Stu does something different. What, what do you do, Stu? You have a different policy as far as pens. Yeah, I try to rotate through the whole collection. So I have, um, I don't know how many, I'm just gonna have a look. Uh, as long as Mrs. L doesn't actually listen to this, you're allowed to say. Mm -hmm. let's, let's go at a, at a roundabout number of 30, 40 fountain pens. And I will, using the Quattro that you referenced earlier, the Lobby Quattro, I keep four pens on the go at any one time. And I, I'm not allowed to refill them. So when one gets used up, I have to then clean it, of course, because I'm a, I'm a good man. I follow Brad Dowdy's instructions to the letter and clean my pen. And I select another one and another ink to go in it. So I have a whole range. So I have, you know, massive Mont Blanc pens that take, you know, huge amounts of ink and last forever and tiny little pocket pens that just take a little international cartridge. And I, I, I force myself to, to work through them. And if there's a pen that I find that I really can't get on with for whatever reason, then I give it away. I, I, I get rid of it because, uh, frankly, life is too short for pens you don't like. Mm -hmm. um, particularly when, you know, any stints you're a man of choice. But your show note did actually sort of prompt me to think, okay, it's been a while because I've been using a lot of pencils. So I haven't actually been emptying out pens. So in celebration, I sort of took up your challenge of having a look at a pen I hadn't used for a long time and an ink and fountain pen lovers will know this, that there's certain inks that go with certain pens. I'm not entirely sure why that should be so, but it is. Um, and sometimes it's instinctive. You immediately know oh, that that pen requires this ink, but other times you have to, you have to experiment a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I'm doing mm -hmm. right now. What, what, what did you select as your pen of the week then? Yeah. So what I've decided to do, uh, just to give everybody a little bit of an idea, I'm going to select one pen and a matching ink each week. I'm going to go through my collection, which I'm not going to say how many is on the air, because if my wife listens to this, that could be an expensive divorce. She doesn't know. Anyway. I'm going to take a pen and ink. I'm going to ink it up on a Sunday morning. There's a couple of reasons for this. I've talked before that sometimes my weekly review, because there's nowhere to go, gets a little bit bumped. Mm -hmm. it, it becomes, it's, it's not as effective as I want to do. So I want to do my weekly review. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a brand new pen, something that I haven't used in a long time. I have a lot of pens that I can go through. I'm going to ink it up with a new ink that matches. Again, I have a lot to go by. And I'm going to write with it for one full week. It is going to be 
almost everything that I use. I'm going to use it for work. I'll always have a blue black ink for signing documents and those official looking things that you have to do. But any of my own notes, my own workings are going to be in this one pen. The idea being that if I do a short fill on it, you know, a half converter, that's just about enough. I'm not going to be wasting a lot of ink. But then I get to cycle through all of my pens. I get to cycle through all of my inks. I get to have fun. I'm going to do a very, very quick post. Rather than doing a full review, I'm just going to do a quick post on my blog so that people can see what I'm doing. I'll throw that out on our social media as well. And that's going to be sort of my way to challenge myself to use all of the pens. I've got some absolutely lovely pens. Mm -hmm. The problem is I tend to use them for one or two fills before something else comes in. And then they kind of get pushed to the back of the case. And I really want to go through and start loving all of my pens again. So this week, the first one I picked up was something that only ever had one fill before. It's a Conklin Herringbone, which is a metal Conklin pen. Mm -hmm. This one is in a beautiful orange and a herringbone pattern. I'm not sure if you've seen these. Uh, I think Conklin are an American brand, yep. so they're probably not too prevalent in your area, Stu. For sure. Yeah. I see them at pen shows more than anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this, this been an orange pen and quite sparkly with that herringbone pattern. I chose to put a Jacques Aubon 1798 Corneline de Egypt. Mm. I'm probably murdering the pronunciation of that, and I'm sure you could do it better. Oh, you're pretty close. It is a sparkly shimmer ink from, I think, two years ago. Uh, it's one of their, the 1670s and then 1798s. Uh, the 1670s had gold uh, flecks in them. Mm -hmm. The 1798s have silver flecks. This is an orange ink with silver shimmer in it. And the Conklin, they do more European style nibs. They're a little thicker than, you know, the Japanese that I prefer. Mm -hmm. So this is a fine, but is a very generous free flowing fine and makes an absolutely beautiful writing pair. That ink is gorgeous. And of course it matches. So I've been using that all week and really, really enjoying it. Excellent. Uh, what have you used uh, to do this week for your challenge of the pen and ink of the week? Well, the first thing that I did was I broke out the Diamine Music set. Mm. So uh, those are little baby bottles of ink. Um, I'm going to say they're probably about 30 mil. I've put it away now, but there's um, 10, I think, in the set. And so the music set each is named after a composer, and it's a selection of colors. So it was really about me beginning to experiment with color because I've been traditionally quite stayed with my fountain pens. Uh, that's now changed. So I liked the look, not of the color, because the, the color on the outside of the bottle is not very inspiring in this set. But I thought, oh, Wagner, a bit of Wagner, that, 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 that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. And looked at it, opened up the ink and had a sort of, you know, little, little sniff of it, or smelling, very importantly smelling. <laughs> And it's a, it's a sort of green. It's, um, it's like a watery green. And I was, I was quite taken by it. And so I wanted a demonstrate pen and I pulled out a Twisby 580. This is the aluminium version. So it's the slightly more expensive, one, mm -hmm. which is a, uh, it's a lovely sort of piston, piston fill, vacuum fill type pen. I've got a stub nib on it 
knife. Um, people are not familiar with a stub nib. It's pretty much as it sounds. So it's as if somebody has taken a, a, a nib and just chopped off the sharp bit uh, at the very end. And so you get a great variation in line breadth. An up or down stroke will give you a very broad line, whereas a side stroke will give you a very fine line. It's, uh, they're sometimes called italic nibs, because it helps you write in that, that sort of way. But it does require a little bit more focus, because how you hold the pen will have a very, very large impact on what the writing looks like. And sometimes I can be really, really artistic with this, and other times it can look awful, and it takes a little, a little time to get back into. But I started doing it, and I have to say the ink shades beautifully. Nice. A stub helps with that because you get, you know, different sort of thicknesses of line, which means there's more ink on the page and, you know, it'll dry at different times. But it's lovely. It's sort of, you know, dark and then, then quite light. And I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of a little flash of happiness for, you know, I appreciate this all sounds a bit weird if you're not into fountain pens. But trust me, it's just, oh, you know, I, I find myself writing down words like my name just so that I can see the ink on the page. You know? So yeah, I'm 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 very glad that you came up with this, and I'm glad that I'm copying you because it's uh, it's a great way of just getting that um, a little bit of whimsy back. You know, a little bit of enjoying a pen for for being a pen. I mean, uh, the Twisby pens are they're not expensive. They're at the well, I I can't remember how much. 580s are they're they're about a hundred dollars canadian so they're probably about 70 us i would guess yeah somewhere around that and they have um they have cheaper than that they have a thing called the eco as well which is a bit of cracking little fountain pen. it's a great um first fountain pen. Mm -hmm. definitely and they're all demonstrators so they're all see-through that is what that means and you can see the ink inside the barrel which is always fun mm -hmm. because obviously if you've got a brightly colored pink ink then you'll see see it through the pen it's really nice so yes, enjoying that enormously. Yeah. And the stub nib, I'm assuming you're using the 1.1 stub mm -hmm. that they do sell yes. directly. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a stub nib, I actually, I'm, I'm a Japanese fine, or as, as Stu calls them, a fork fan. Uh, but I do have a couple of Twisbees, the 580 with the 1.1 stub, mm -hmm. and they're just a fun pen to write with. And I'm sure I'll be go circling through those as we go through the weeks of my pen and ink matching. Yes, absolutely. Well, I shall, uh, I shall try and match you. Um, what I need to do is have a little think about when would be the time to do it, because I like your idea of it, you're almost tying it in as a bit of a reward for doing your review, which I think is a very clever idea. You're a smart cookie. It hits home on multiple different levels with me as a challenge, as a, uh, as an experiment and also as a productivity tool, which is always a key for what we're talking about, isn't it? finding a way, a trigger, which is kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit now. Absolutely. The topic for this week is music for deep work. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up as a topic is I find music can be a trigger to help set your mood. Mm. You see that callback trigger? Hey, I'm clever. And I didn't even plan that. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what, it's, it's on fire today. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk to Stu and see, compare notes on how do we use music in our work? Do we use any startup mood creating triggers? Do we have any music that we use to focus any focus music that is consistent? And what do we generally do with music? I know we're both podcast fans, 
but I also do use music as well. And I was kind of curious, where is the line in your productivity, Stu? Do you use music? Do you use podcasts? Is there a blending of uh, triggers for you and applications? How does that work for you? Your, your show notes sort of prompted me to think about this as I'm not very intentional about this. Mm. One thing that has always been true is that I abhor silence. So whatever I'm doing, whether it be the deepest work or the most, you know, mind numbing admin, I must have noise. I can have a podcast on, um, although I'm, you know, we spoke about this before, I think where that listening to words while producing words can be a little bit challenging sometimes, or I, I always used to just have radio. Uh, well, we're that old that we remember when we had radios. Oh my gosh. When I started the business with my friend, uh, he's the opposite. So he much prefers silence. And we, we had a tiny office and there was just this constant battle of me turning music on and him turning it off. But I'm not very intentional about what music I listen to when, although as I started thinking back, there are some sort of habits that have emerged. So I use Apple music, uh, as you do. And I, I'm quite into exploring. So I will say to the lady in the tube, I will say, go grab me a, an ambient playlist or a study playlist or any word that I can think of. And with varying success, <laughs> sometimes something comes back that I can listen to. Other times she tells me how far it is to Mozambique. You know, I mean, it's just the way these things work, but I don't have, I think I was, you know, reading your your notes with, with great interest because you're very specific about what you do. So why don't you talk me through how you do it? Sure. So I'm less random than you are mm. as far as music. I have a carefully, uh, collated selection of music. I'm just trying to figure out. It doesn't unfortunately tell me I was trying to figure out how many, uh, songs I have on, my iTunes library. Oh, there you go. Uh, 27,670. Blimey. So, uh, and all of those are, that's actually what I've chosen to put in my library. This is my extensive CD collection. You remember the days when you first got on iTunes that you spent weeks and weeks and weeks feeding your CDs into the CD burner? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're, we're again old enough to have remembered all of this. But uh, I'm very particular about my music. I'm fairly specific in genres I like, but I have certain things that I use. I use a lot of playlists that are designed for focus and for triggers. So one of the things that I think I scared Stu with a little bit is I find music is a great energy changer. And before I do any public speaking speeches, uh, podcast recording, there's a specific track as long as I have time and where I can, it's sometimes hard to, you know, put on your headphones before you go onto a stage. But if I can, there's a particular song that I listen to. It's uh, the electric powwow drum by a tribe called red. It's a Canadian indigenous band, and it pretty much is uh, a rave mix of powwow drums, which is weird and interesting. But it's at a tempo that really gets me focused. It gets my energy level up. 
there's going to be a link to it in the show notes. So if you actually want to have a listen to it and see what kind of weird music I listen to, but I find listening to that, it's a trigger. I know that I'm going on stage. I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be speaking. I need to get my energy level up, you know, rather than just being chill and relax. It's amazing what that can do. And more than anything, if I can create that trigger, it creates a go moment for me. And that's really weird, but I have associated those two things. Here's my speaking and here's a trigger. And I thought that was kind of a neat way to do that. I've been doing that for probably that track, maybe seven or seven years, something like that. So it's a, it's an old track, but it, it works very well in that specific thing for me. Do you do anything before podcast recordings or, or public speakings do? Well, I used to um, deliver training mm -hmm. and my sort of specific training style is very high energy. So I'm, I'm always standing, I'm always moving. I don't really, I, well, no, I, I don't believe in PowerPoints and, and that sort of stuff. I, I have a whiteboard, um, usually with, you know, paper on it, pens, you know, big marker pens. And I, I tend to run around a lot and shout and jump up and down. I use quite a lot of humor. So before that type of stuff, I would be doing the same process as you, but I wouldn't have a specific trigger. So for me, it would be, it would be rock music. It would be loud. That would be my, my training was a performance and I would sort of fire myself up in, in that way. You know, it's not the sort of thing that you could use for, um, shall we say the more I, I still do some, uh, public speaking where. I'm speaking at conferences where it's a little bit different. So I'm a little bit more staid, mm -hmm. but yeah, for me, it would be things like, I don't know, guns and roses or um, sort of high energy rock that would, would get me, get me aggressive. That was kind of my, my go-to thing for podcasts. I don't know. I'm settling into new rhythms. Obviously, you know, we've been recording this for a little while now. This is at a very different time for me, mm -hmm. um, than when I record with TJ. So. I'm just about getting to it. Today I've been sort of dragged into domestic nightmares, but preparation was not very good for today. It was literally, I, guys, I've got to go. I've got to go downstairs and I'm, I'm recording. I think for me, this is, we record on a Friday. It's end of work day-ish. So this is probably the last thing that I'll do. Um, I do have a meeting in a couple of hours, but that's uh, a sort of, you know, attend only meeting. It's a Zoom thing and I just have to watch. So I think this is likely to be when I'm going to be listening to music. I've got to be careful not to listen to too many podcasts because I immediately shut them out again. Mm -hmm. I put them on as background noise and then completely ignore them and think, oh, actually I wanted to listen to them. <laughs> so I have to go back and listen to it properly. That's where I think I need to be a little bit more intentional about music. And I love the way you're talking about this, this trigger relationship of certain playlists or certain music for certain moods. So that's something I'm very interested to hear a bit more about because I, I tend to go for the same things. Um, you know, I tend to go for whatever's on my mind music wise, uh, without really thinking about how appropriate it is for the activity that I'm trying to, to trigger. I've talked before on this show, I can listen to podcasts while I'm working with numbers, but anything that involves words, even if it's shallow work like writing emails i have a hard time processing words and thinking in words at the same time 
numbers work very well for me. And luckily for me, you know, a good chunk of my workday is number based so I can listen to my podcasts. But, you know, anything that I do in a creative level, uh, particularly, and, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff that I'm doing reporting wise does take a great deal of words. And so I created uh, an ambient playlist on Apple Music and it's, I'm not sure how many tracks are in it now. I forgot to look, but what it does is I put that on and I usually put it on shuffle play on the big home pods at home or potentially on noise canceling AirPods Pro Max or the AirPods Pro, depending where I am. And I use that to settle in for deep work with words. And that really does get me in that mindset. When I hear those songs, those, that music coming out, it sets up my mind that this is the time for me to get serious. I don't listen to that playlist, surprisingly enough, at any other time, apart from when I want to do deep work. Mm -hmm. That is my focused mindset work. I like a lot of relaxing music at other times, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. I have other things for that, but particularly there's a trigger for me. There is music that is on in the background that says, this is when I need to get serious. And again, I've got a, a copy of my playlist. Uh, I think if you're on Apple music, you should just be able to click on it and listen to it. Uh, but it's got some interesting stuff on there and probably music that nobody would ever think does really ambient music. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, you may have heard of them, uh, particularly Stu, who's of a similar age to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably had some great college um, parties to Nine Inch Nails. Sure. They have done several albums, a uh, series called Ghosts, which are entirely ambient music and they're perfect. Uh, they also did some soundtracks. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are the two guys mainly behind Nine Inch Nails. And they have done some soundtracks. Uh, the Social Network is a soundtrack that they did. And it's amazing for ambient style music. Moby, who was known in the 90s, 2000s for his dance music, also does some long ambient music, which is absolutely fantastic. Araldo Bernocci and Hoshiko Yamana do a series of really deep ambient music, uh, great albums. And I just came upon a new guy, um, who is on actually one of the Facebook groups I'm on for keyboards. Um, we've talked music production and stuff on there. And, uh, Marco Del Bene is doing some great soundtrack stuff that is very deep, dark, uh, musical stuff. It is not particularly, it's, it's not like traditional music where you have a chorus and you have melodies that you're catching onto. This is really ambient, deep soundtracks are great to listen to on their own, but they're absolutely perfect because I've sort of been a musician. If I listen to something that has too much of a melody, I'm captured by the melody and it can actually distract me more than help me. The ambient stuff really does help me focus very much and it has to be carefully selected, which is why I create my own playlists. Mm -hmm. Sure. Do you listen to any ambient stuff or is that just something weird that I do? No, no, I do. Um, without any, any knowledge whatsoever of it. So I literally go to, to Apple and say, give me an ambient playlist, put it on. And usually, you know, it becomes so sort of ingrained in what I'm doing that I don't actually notice it. Oh, I like this track or I don't like this track. Mm -hmm. 
so I, I never know who it is. You know, <laughs> this is what I mean about just not being intentional. And it, it's strange because I'm sitting here thinking, well, I sometimes get frustrated that I'm listening to stuff and I think, oh, no, this isn't doing it for me. And, and yet when I do find something that I like, I don't note it down, which is just crazy. But what I, what I have been doing or what I, what I used to do probably last year was the last time I really did this. I was writing the never ending first novel that, you know, never gets published that one. <laughs> it's set in Budapest in the 1990s, which happened to be where I lived in the 1990s. And the main character, let's say it does some things that I used to do too. And. I put on a playlist from that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think I've called it something imaginative like Budapest 93 or Budapest 94. Um, and it's incredible the power that music has to transport you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I honestly sit there with memories coming back unbidden that I, you know, I didn't even know I knew. And it was fantastic. Actually, it made me reach out to, uh, to a friend. And we used to, um, we used to go dancing together, which sounds much more enlightened than it was, because we were very much into, to, into the harder side of music. So harder rock and just going around these two, two guys just causing mayhem wherever we went, throwing each other around the dance floor, effectively moshing, I suppose would be the technical term. <laughs> it's just, as I say, those memories come flooding back and the feelings and I mean, I would have been, what would I have been? I would have been in my early twenties, mid twenties. So brewing full of testosterone, <laughs> felt immortal and all of those things that you feel in your twenties. I just had a terrific time mm. and it really helped me write because I, you know, I was back there and I could, I could describe what, what the bars smelt like and uh, <laughs> what the evenings were like, because uh, Hungary has a, has an amazing climate in the winter. It's really cold, you a lot of snow. Um, and then in summer, it's blazing hot and steamy and, um, those sort of long summer nights in Budapest would go on for forever. And Hungarians like a good party. They really do like a good party. Oh, so you didn't fit in at all there, huh? No, no, they, they, <laughs> they have, they have a lake, uh, called the, the Balaton, which is a, it's a massive lake. And that's where Hungarians traditionally, that's where they summer. So, you know, the, the. Budapest empties out and everybody goes down to the Balazon uh, and just has a terrific time. Mm, nice. So, yeah, I, I, I think I've probably underestimated the power that music has to do exactly as you say, to, to trigger things, to get you into the right sort of thing. And I, I'm, I'm very keen now to sort of go away and, and A, listen to your playlist and see, see which of those I want to take things out of and B, perhaps start building my own for, for different elements of my work life. It's, uh, it's quite an appealing idea to, to be able to compartmentalize things a little bit, you know, to give you a soundtrack that said, oh, right. Okay. I'm now being corporate and another soundtrack that's going to say, okay, I'm going to be Nero's Nero's notes is not anti-money laundering compliance. You know, there's a difference between those two things Mm -hmm. and probably both deserve a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Some of the other stuff I love to work with, but I find can pull me out of deep work. I enjoy classical music. That's great to have in the background and jazz as well. But again, it's a delicate balance because both of those, if all of a sudden you get to a thematic uh, finish in a classical piece, 
that can really just drag me right out and all of a sudden I'm back listening to the music. Much like your Budapest, mm. you can go back to the memories and all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you're back in 1993, all my hair's back and uh, I was young and full of all the fun that comes with being in your early 20s and the work isn't getting done. <laughs> so it's a very, very fine line. You know, you've got to be so careful with, with melodies, at least for myself, that's going to be different for each person, but having a consistent trigger of these are the songs that I'm going to put on every time I want to work in deep work is really, it's, it's been a huge help for me. The other thing that I did last year, this is just, it's, it's not really, um, anything to do with productivity, but you know what? We're talking music and, uh, obviously I'm not quite the the rocker that Stu was back in the day. I grew up, so I, I, I get a little, probably regret saying this out loud, uh, but I grew up as a troubled goth kid. I was the one that dressed in all black mm -hmm. uh, back in those days. And so I still have a preference for some of that kind of music. Last year, I made a playlist uh, called Isolation, which was really for me working from home in the beginning of the pandemic. And it's, it's a little darker. It's, um, a little interesting. <laughs> I had a look at that one. Yeah. And, and, uh, I chuckled to myself, you and you and Brad Dowdy should get together. Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those playlists that came down to keeping me sane for the last year. It was not necessarily a deep work one, but quite often in the background, I just have this on shuffle mm -hmm. and it's uh, just a group of albums that I really like from artists that I really like, but it is amazing the power of music to either change or to acknowledge your mood. You know, that was a, a weird time for me, isolation with everybody at home. And I really needed something to, to bring my mind into a more positive frame of mind. And this is a playlist that did it for me. So I certainly do use mood music. I've got my favorites for, you know, we're listening with my wife. We quite often listen to music around the house. We talked about uh, Apple's new spatial audio the other day. So we've sat and played with that. I'm, I'm, you know, given the fact that I'm, I've got home pods everywhere in the house, uh, I've got uh, lots of musical choices and I'm always, you know, if I'm, if I'm not listening to music out loud, I've always got a set of headphones on. So I'm, I'm very much into music as well as a podcast as well, but, uh, really do recommend that people pick their own choices, make their own playlists, whether you're a Spotify person, whether you're an Apple music person, the cost is very insignificant for what you can get. Do you, I, I'm curious too, do you also still pay for Apple music match? No, I don't. I, I made a conscious decision, um, when, when it came to Cyprus to just go all in on, on streaming, just to, you know, rediscover things and. And, and try and ignore my library as much as I can, if you see what I mean. So no, I don't, I don't pay for that at all. I, I, I suppose I got frustrated when, uh, a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I got back into vinyl. Mm -hmm. So I, I had that experience of going out, trying to find copies of records that I'd already bought once. No, three times, twice, no, three times. Yep. Yeah. You bought them on vinyl. You bought them on the tape for the car. You bought them on CD when that came out. And then you of course had to buy them as a download when they became for sale again. 
Exactly. And I was just thinking, this is, you know, this is madness. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't bring my vinyl set up here. It's in storage in the UK just because the climate here is not ideal for, for uh, putting, putting records on. You know, things get warped quite easily. I just decided, okay, I'm going to be electronic and I'm going to have um, home speakers. And bizarrely, Margaret is, uh, most of the time, is very unmusic-y. She, she would rather have a TV on in the background than, than have um, music playing. Oh, and I have, to, shiver. I have to choose very carefully um, because if I put music on, it, it can irk her. So I've, I've got a few secret weapons that I use. So there are a couple of um, Italian artists that we're, we're both quite fond of. Interesting. Um, and I can gem- generally get something done with them. But my music listening almost exclusively happens down here in the office um, where I've got, like you've got a HomePod pair. Well, on your advice, I've got a HomePod pair, in fact. And yeah, I, I, uh, I've stopped my Friday afternoon um, I used to have a sort of rock out on Friday afternoon and I've stopped that partly because we re- we're recording and partly because, you know, jobby job corporate stuff is getting in the way, but I might try and uh, reinstate that because I think it's a great way to start the weekend is some rock music. Uh, in my case, obviously maybe crack a beer. Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, music is associated for me. It's associated really strongly with good times. Mm-hmm. I don't have. I said, well, I, you see, you've got me thinking now. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, but hang on. I remember when I used to make mixtapes, <laughs> almost invariably for, you know, for, for the, the apple of my eye, whoever it was I was uh, desperately in love with. <laughs> and, you know, just put, put a load of soppy tracks there. And, you know, it's just, just <laughs> certainly for me, it was just a male, a pathetic attempt to try and get girls into bed. And very rarely worked, I have to say, but. I, I suppose it made me feel that I was I was being romantic. Yeah, I, this is definitely an episode that we should do one time. But c- can you imagine being twenty again, but knowing what you know now about people and about life? Oh, that would be so much more fun. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be, we'd be in trouble, Stu. And it would have been it would have been interesting if we'd met as well when we were sort of you know twenty, because they they were you the slightly troubled goth. Uh, I was a rockabilly. Oh, interesting. I was wearing, I was wearing a leather perfecto and I'll tell you a story about that in a second, uh, a leather perfecto, um, a check shirt underneath that would have been a white t-shirt, um, blue jeans with turnips. Um, if that's, I don't know if you call them that in, the, uh, in yep. your side of the Atlantic. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I would be wearing, I mean, I, I had a pair of blue suede shoes. Uh, I also had winkle pickers, um, which are the. <laughs> Does that, does that work in the, in, in Canada? I, I actually had winkle pickers as well. So I know exactly what they were. There was a local, a local guy that made a version of those. It was very, very high fashion. Yeah. And I had my hair either greased back with brill cream or, um, cut into a flat top. And we, you know, we would be, what do we listen to? We listened to Elvis. We listened to, um, the stray cats, uh, just wandering around being sort of. I suppose the original hipsters in a weird way, we were celebrating the fifties in the nineties, you know, was, uh, <laughs> well, the eighties actually it would have been in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of our listeners are going, I wasn't even born till the eighties. <laughs> exactly. There's this, if you go into Google search now, you're going to find a huge, huge upsurge in people searching for goth and rockabilly. Let's try and work out what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> anyway. 
But yeah, God, oh, you've sent me, you've sent me spiraling down memory lane. I'm music. I mean, we were, what do we used to do? I had a friend who had a transit van and we would go out at night and he didn't drink and people are going to find this really difficult to believe, but I didn't drink very much either. And we used to go to Kentucky fried chicken (laughs) and we would drive up to a place called the Downs, which is just, you know, it's like a park essentially. And we'd be sitting in the transit van. This is England, so it's raining sideways. Eating chicken, listening to Elvis, and singing Elvis songs to each other. <laughs> Just an absolutely bizarre way to spend our time. And of course, we didn't have any money. That was, that was the other thing. So we couldn't really afford to go out and do expensive things. So <laughs> we'd sit around in the, in the transit van singing Elvis songs. <laughs> well, I don't know how I got to that. <laughs> um, but the, perf- the Perfecto, the, the Perfecto leather jacket, again, Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a very distinctive um, jacket. Some some people call it a biker jacket, but it's not really. Anyway, just must have been, oh, what am I going to say? Maybe six months ago, <laughs> um, a friend from university to whom I'd forgotten, but I'd given him my perfecto, <laughs> um, sent it back to me. Oh, wow. Um, and he sent it to Claire at the office. So he found me online somewhere. Um, through Nero's, presumably. And he sent it, but he didn't put an address on it. So <laughs> this box has come through from, and I want to, I want to speak to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an old friend. I can't find him. He's one of these people who doesn't do social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Chris, if you're listening, Chris King, drop me a mail, man. Uh, Stuart at StuartLennon.com. You can't, you can't get simpler. Uh, Cause it's just, it's hanging behind me now. I can, I can barely get one arm in. <laughs> was quite a lot smaller then <laughs> i was i was about to ask that because uh i i don't think any of us could fit into what we were wearing in our early 20s <laughs> and, and just the look on my wife's face as she looked at it she used to wear that and i'm like yep from the moment i got up to the moment i went to bed <laughs> i would be wearing this and it's, uh, it's so heavy it must weigh about four pounds <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> oh dear I see music is all about changing your perspective. Just even talking about it, we can bring you back to our, our younger days. And I think that's kind of the whole point I wanted to make with this is that music can affect us, whether it's memories or focus or anything like that. It really is a powerful thing, even just thinking about it. And I'm sure when you go later and listen to some stray cats and some Elvis, you're going to be right back in, in the back of that transit van eating your KFC. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm determined now to actually, this is my home. I've, podcasts have all, all become about homework for me, but I've, I think I'm going to, I need to make myself, I don't know, 10 playlists for, for different things. And yeah, some, some good old rockabilly uh, rock and roll is going to be there as well. That's uh, look at that. I'm writing it down and I've picked up the pen correctly. So it's working beautifully. <laughs> my little stub nib. I'm not digging into the corners of the, yeah. the paper. <laughs> I'm not shredding the book. <laughs> That's going to be uh, even more challenging for you as a lefty using a stub. Uh, yeah, you, you sort of learn your own technique. I mean, you can, um, I think, learn how to write with, with any, I mean, left, uh, left-handed nibs were a thing, and I think they still are a thing. But most lefties, by the time you discover that there is a lefty nib, you've, you've already adjusted your style to use right-handed nibs. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've, I've always picked up lefty nibs and found them completely unusable. <laughs> 
But then again, my handwriting's not great anyway. I don't, I don't put a huge amount of effort into it. It's, you know, it's the words that came from me rather than the, the aesthetics, as anybody who's ever received a letter from me will attest. Yeah, it's experience of writing rather than the output. Absolutely. One um, playlist that I did want to mention was um, I did the Focus Course Academy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still doing it, in fact, with Blanc Media, so the sweet setup guys. And Isaac, uh, Isaac Smith, who does a lot of work there, he set up some playlists that we used during, we had study halls, um, and it's the strangest thing that I've ever experienced, but we would all log on to Zoom and then ignore each other. <laughs> And so it's just, it's, it's a time that you could put in your diary and say, okay, it's the focus hour. And it was to do, you know, our workbooks and the things we were working on with, the, with productivity and, and values and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I found it incredibly useful. Just, it was like, I suppose it's a, a common purpose. And so you'd look up at the screen and, there, you know, there'd be every typing away or maybe writing a note or, you know, perhaps just thinking about something. And um, we had some sort of, ambient playlists in, that Isaac had put together. Mm. Um, and it was, a, it was a wonderful sort of um, little moment of peace in the day. I, I'm, I'm really, I know there's a company that does this. You can pay a membership to uh, log on and be ignored by people, which you know, is just so counterintuitive. But I want to look into it because I, I really find those, those focus sessions incredibly useful. I mean, it's, as you say, it's creating that trigger. It's saying, right, this time is, is on my diary for some deep work. And you were using the music as a trigger. I was using the, the okay, log on to Zoom. Oh, look, there's all the people that are going to ignore me. I'll ignore them. And, you know, there, there would be a little occasional little comment in the chat sort of running along. But most of the time, you were just doing what you needed to do. And it's exactly the same phenomenon now that I think about it. It's, it's that whole trigger, just getting the mindset right. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at some of these playlists that you put in the show notes from uh, Sweet Setup, Isaac Smith. Mm. They're really cool, actually. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah. I'm going to add those and uh, give those a listen and see, you know, what I'll do. Again, I curate my music, so I'll pull those out of whatever playlists are on the, the tracks that speak to me and add them into a playlist of my own that I can use. Mm. So if there's just looking at some of the stuff, there's a few artists in there that I think would fit nicely in with some of the music that I already like. So uh, I'm quite excited about this. And these are all in the show notes. So you have, if you want to be like Stu and have lots of homework, uh, there's links in the show notes. Yeah. And some of these, some of these, I will warn people, some of these playlists are huge. (laughs) You're not going to listen to them in an hour. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, what it, smart speed on these. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask, do, do you use any apps for music apps or sound apps? No, I don't. Ah, okay. That is one of the things I do. I, these are great if you're in an office environment and you want to have a little bit of noise, but you nece- can't necessarily crank the music. The best one I use is dark noise, uh, which you're in a lot of the same circles that I am Mm -hmm. independent developers. I'm sure you've come across the name before. Sure. Um, it's uh, basically you can go on there. If you're a geek, it even has the, uh, Star Trek enterprise engine sound. So you can just sit there and pretend you're on a spaceship with the sound going. It's got fires crackling. It's got coffee shops. It's got air conditioning fans, all the stuff that I like to edit out. (laughs) 
Charlie Chapman, who is the uh, creator of that, has has made that into just noise that you listen to in the background. Uh, you can actually airplay it to your HomePods as well. So that is something that, you know, if I'm in the mood and I don't want to have a playlist on, something that I can do as well. Uh, I just wanted to point out a shout out to Charlie Chapman, especially for you, Stu, because he, a couple of years ago, started a podcast that I only recently found called Launched. And he did recently a really great interview of Marco Arment talking about how Marco got into mm -hmm. development and what his history was. Really interesting. I've gone back and I've actually downloaded all of his back catalog. He's got interviews with Mike Hurley, Stephen Hackett, Brian Muller of Carrot Weather, mm -hmm. Guy Rambo, underscore David Smith. Mm -hmm. He's got all of the indie development hits that uh, are probably in both of our worlds. So if you haven't actually heard that uh, podcast, really, really good one. Yeah. Well, on your recommendation, I did listen to the Marco Arment one and yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a great interview because it, it, it kind of just gives you the background on these people who I feel like I know. I mean, obviously I don't, but I listen to them, um, sort of talking on their podcasts, but I've no real idea how they got there. And so it was, it was really interesting to hear. I'd, I'd heard snippets of Marco's story, you know, the various apps he's been involved in, mm -hmm. um, but it was nice to hear a sort of, you know, a narrative of, of, of how that all came, came to pass. So yeah, it, I would, I would endorse Justin's recommendation. It's a great little podcast. Another app that I had bought a number of years ago, and it's still actually really good is Thunderspace. And I picked up a premium version of it, which included more sounds in there. Thunderspace, as you can guess, is different rainstorms. So they're sitting at a lake. There's one where you're sitting inside a car and the rain is coming down and hitting on the roof of the car. They're very, very high audio quality. And if you're in the mood for something like that, you know, certainly one place that I really enjoy listening to that used to winter's evening, you put that on, you've got a good book, a nice glass of brandy, and you've just got the sound in the background. It is so relaxing and, and again, not distracting at all. Calm, I know you use Calm. That has some music. Mm -hmm. Some of that is a little poppy for my taste, but there are some sort of ambient meditation tracks in there, which are, could also be used if you're looking for a source of music. And Insight Timer, which is also a meditation app, that their quality of sound is not as good in terms of the vocal. Mostly I want to go in and edit the heck out of everything and uh, fix their audio. Uh, you know, the fussy editor in me and all that. <laughs> uh, but they do have some really good music uh, tracks as well that you can listen to for free. So there's a couple of things that you could do there if you want to try something different than music. You know, maybe music is too distracting for you. Maybe you don't want to put the time into finding something that speaks to you. Just having that noise in the background you know, for nothing else, it might drown out the sound of the TV that your better half is listening to. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Although I have to be careful when I, when I get out of here, I have to be attentive. That's, that's the way it goes. Yes. We both, we both know this. Justin. Yes. <laughs> Takeaways. What have you got uh, for this week, Stu? I think for me, the takeaway is to just take a little time to investigate linking Specific music with specific modes is the way I'm going to put it. 
I, I'm really interested in that. I think there's something there because, you know, my own experience tells me just how transporting music can be. What about you? What's your takeaway? My takeaway is that association is the strongest trigger. A particular music for you will speak to deep work. Be consistent with that music. Find the one that speaks to you, that allows you to focus. Don't use it any other time. It's a trigger that when you listen to that music, your mind will say, now's the time to get serious about work. It will get used to a habit. Mm. So take some time, figure out the music that is the strongest trigger for you and try it and let us know how you do. It's been a huge game changer for me. And hopefully uh, somebody can take something out of this besides Stu. Fantastic. Good advice. All right. Where can people find us on the internet, Stu? Uh, well, you can find me at stuartlennon.com or at nerosnotes.co.uk. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? You can find me at justintwyford.com. You can find me also writing about stationery at writeexperience.com. You'll be able to go in and see my pen and ink of the week choice up there because I'm going to do a very short blog post with a little bit of a picture so you can see what I'm talking about. You can find both of us at stationaryadjacent.com. Show notes for this because we've got some playlists in there. This will be at stationaryadjacent.com slash episodes slash 015 because this is episode 15. Our next topic is, well, it's actually me going to be questioning Stu. I'm rethinking paper planners. The separation of work and personal books for me is becoming a little problematic. And I know Stu, we've talked about it, uses things a little bit differently. I want to see if maybe there's a better way to use my stuff. So that's going to be our next conversation next week. Fantastic. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.